What up, what up, what up? What's going on, everybody? This is Dom Lewis here with another episode of Philly Sports 444 Podcast. Um, thank you guys just for your support and um, staying on top of me when I'm not dropping episodes, so I appreciate that. Um, but let me get into it. Uh, I'll try to make this quick because I got a few points I want to hit. This is episode 61 of the podcast, episode 61. Um in the last week, uh, a lot has gone on, a lot has been going on, I should say, with sports in general, but particularly with the Eagles and with the Philadelphia 76ers, and I want to talk about both of those teams, and even with the Flyers. I'll sprinkle some Flyers in here as well. So, um, first things first, um, after a, I think it was a 23-day search, the Eagles have finally hired a new head coach. They hired Nick Sirianni, who was the offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts and I believe the the hire was met with a lot of fanfare um, or just a lot of questions I guess you could say because some people say hey we'll see what happens some people say who the heck is this guy and I think both of those are you know warranted I haven't seen anyone that's over the hill happy about the hire uh, particularly because the Eagles interviewed Deuce Staley again and they passed up on him and I'll get into that in a, in a second but um just talk about a little bit about Sirianni um one who really knows him besides um you know he's been an assistant in the league for since 2009 um he was an assistant with I think San Diego an assistant with the Chiefs and and then the, uh the OC with the Colts and you look at the hire on the surface and you wonder what does he have that these other candidates didn't have? What made him the candidate that the Eagles wanted to choose? And people automatically point to the Frank Reich comparison or the Frank Reich, um, the Frank Reich, I guess you could say endorsement. Uh, people believe that uh, the Eagles really only hired this guy because um, Frank Reich was so good with Carson Wentz and he was the OC when Carson Wentz played at his highest level in the NFL, that the Eagles wanted to do some type, something to get Carson Wentz back to that kind of status. And they had to get, since they couldn't get Frank Wright, they hired this guy. And I can see how people think that. I really do. Um, I don't believe that that's the case, to be honest with you. I just really believe that, um, I think the Eagles they try to outsmart themselves at times. And I believe that they wanted to hire this guy similarly to what they did with Andy Reid, where um, he was an unknown, <clears throat> unknown, like a uh, name, not saying an unknown coach because coaches, no coaches, but an unknown name in the league. And Hey, let's just hire this guy. Let's listen. This guy is going on. He's paid his dues a little bit. Let's see what happens with this guy. Um, I personally uh, believe that the Eagles, like I said, they're trying to outsmart themselves. I don't know if this guy is the guy. I really don't know. I don't know if um, Sirianni is going to bring this team back to a prominent level. I can't see it happening right now. All I see is like a middle of the road kind of rebuilding team. And... I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's all I can say. Um, the biggest thing, though, 
Um, and it's not just the Eagles, but the Eagles have kind of get got hit with a lot of. Um, they got hit kind of hard this week as, as far as PR is concerned because Eagles once again pass up on Deuce Staley. And they also interviewed other black coaches. And then you look at this now, Eagles were one of the only two teams left that didn't hire a coach, and they didn't hire a black coach. And it's the same thing happening again and again and again where an offseason comes along, eight coaches get fired, eight eight new coaches are hired, and none of them are black men. Um, And I'm just looking at the list here. Eagles interviewed Deuce Staley, Todd Bowles, Robert Sala, who, who I don't think is a black man, but he is a Muslim man. And um, they wanted to interview Biennemi, but Biennemi did not take the interview. So looking at that, um, that's like four, and that's not even telling who else they, they even tried to reach out to. But the Eagles right now, you know, they go again, hire this coach and then the league looks bad again because there's no black coaches hired um and it's just a shame it's a shame because these these coaches are qualified and they're not getting jobs and and Biennemi who we all thought was the um I'm sorry I'm looking at the game as well I think Tom Brady just threw another touchdown which is crazy it looks like Tom Brady's gonna play he's gonna be the first ever quarterback to play Super Bowl in his home stadium which is amazing um it's just amazing what the guy does. I'll get on to that. I'll get in that in a second, but it's just amazing to see that. Um, these black coaches are qualified and they're not getting the jobs. And everyone thought Biennemi was like the number one choice. He could basically choose any job he wanted because he was going to get interviews with everyone. And the word out there is that uh, Biennemi doesn't interview well, or there's another thing out there about something that he did when he was in college, when he was in Colorado. Um, which is like, I'm like, how long ago was he in college? But whatever. Um, it just looks like it's just another way to just sweep the racism under the rug. And it's a shame because um, it doesn't even, like, unless the enemy is able to take the Texans job, and unless Deshaun Watson wants to stay with the Texans, I don't know if he'll get a job this offseason. And I mean, he's not going to leave Kansas City. I mean, Andy Reid is going to keep him as long as he possibly can. But it's a shame. It's a shame that another qualified coach is not going to get a job in this league. A black coach, I should say. And um, it's unfortunate. I mean, I know right now the league is trending toward everyone getting the, the new, young, innovative head coach. They want the Kyle Shanahan's and the McVay's. And I think the Eagles are trying to do that where they went with Soriani, who's a 39-year-old coach. He's only been coaching – well, he's been coaching in the league for 12 years, um, but he is a relatively young coach. And um, they found him to be an innovative mind, and they wanted to go with, you know, that new, young, hot, flashy thing. I think Doug Peterson is a victim of two things. I think he's a victim of, one, uh, being a little too old because Eagle. I mean, players – like, coaches in the league aren't – they're not look. They're not trending toward that kind of coach anymore, um, because Doug Peterson is not a bad coach. I mean, I think that he got some things he needs to fix, but he's not a bad coach. But just looking at the league, they're not trending toward having that kind of coach anymore. Um, I think that the the things that went against him is one, him being old, and two, 
um, him having a predictable offense right now. Um, and, and it could have been for different reasons. I mean, I think that he tried to, you know, be innovative last year for, you know, whatever, however he could be, but um, it didn't work out. Um, I know that he had some type of play designs last year that were very innovative, but for some reason, those things did not work. Um, and maybe that just comes with being a bad team. So um, it, it just sucks. It just sucks about these black these black coaches. I mean, once again, like I said, qualified men to lead teams. They're leaders of men, and they're getting passed up. They're getting passed up. And I don't know. Like, these, this ruling rule is just a bunch of, like, it's a bunch of BS. Um, because... They interview a client. They may interview a, a candidate who is really they really have no chance of getting the job, but they you know just to fulfill the ruling rule requirement, they do that. Like I think the Eagles have done that with Deuce Daly a few times. I think this year he was a serious candidate for the first time, but over the years they have you know very much so just um, threw his name out there because he's been with the organization for so long. But you know what? It's just time for Deuce to go. I, I feel like. You know, Deuce has paid his dues with the Eagles long enough. They passed him up on this job more than more than once. Uh, I think they passed him up on the job twice. And it's time for him to go. It's time for him to go. And I know today I saw a report that he got he has to be released from his contract, which he, and I heard I saw a report on Friday where he said um he wanted to be um I mean he had some interest with the Bears. The Bears had him and the Bears had mutual interest. So we'll see what comes of that. We'll see what comes of that. And I think he deserves um, somewhere where he can grow and, and, and climb up the ladder, honestly. I think it's only fair to him. And for the other black coaches in the league that are getting passed up, um, like, and there's, there's coaches I didn't even talk about, like the Pep Hamiltons of the world. Like, he's a good coach, and he's bounced around numerous times. He was in the running. I remember a few years back, he was, like, the guy that was going to um, be the next man up. And uh, he got fired, I think, in Indianapolis and he bounced around, and he was the quarterback coach this year for uh, Justin Herbert, who's probably going to be rookie of the year. And um, he can't even get a sniff of an OC job. It's unfortunate, man. It really is. It's unfortunate. Um, I saw Sirianni he hired a few coaches. I looks like he hired. Um, I think he hired. I think he hired a DC. Uh, I'm trying to go to my notes now. He hired. Uh, um, so he hired a passing coordinator, Kevin Patulo. Let me see. Uh, yeah, Deuce leaving the Eagles. Uh, let me see here. What else? Um, I just posted this, actually, in the group. Um, Jonathan Gannon's going to be the, the, uh, the Birds, the Eagles, D.C., I don't even know who that is. I think he's a, I think he's with the Colts. He was the Colts uh, D-backs coach. So, um, yeah. I mean, like, the Eagles, they're just going to be a middle-of-the-road team for the next few years to come. I, I think that all these teams, the Giants, the uh, Washington football team, and the Cowboys are all going to pass him by. The Eagles will have to rebuild. And I said that. I've been saying that for a while now. So, 
But it's just unfortunate that, like I said, you know, more black coaches have been passed up. And it looks like this guy Sirianni, all he's doing is just trying to bring all the Colts staff here. Um, and the reports I had heard, a report that I had heard a while back about Deuce was that he, they were impressed with the, the kind of coaching staff that he could build here. I don't want to be the Colts here. Like, this guy Sirianni is just hiring nothing but Colts. St- like, I don't want to be the Colts. I want to be the Eagles. If you're just going to bring everyone, if you're just going to pluck the Colts staff, this is not going to be good. It's not going to be good. I mean, I know that they were, you know, they made the playoffs and they were, they were a pretty good team, but they're not, they're, we don't want to be the Colts. We want to be the Eagles. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. So we'll see what happens with Sirianni. I mean, he hasn't even been introduced officially as the Eagles head coach. Um, I believe it's going to happen either Monday or Tuesday. Um, probably Tuesday, considering, or it may be tomorrow. We never know. It's Championship Sunday tonight. Today, so um, he may introduce. They may be introduced tomorrow. Um, I know that I just saw an alert on my phone uh, when Lori gave Sirianni the call to be the head coach, but. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's, to me, it doesn't it doesn't move the needle for me. It really doesn't. And it's just a shame that <clears throat> they're more qualified. I mean, listen, I know people didn't want Josh McDaniels, but I would have taken McDaniels over this guy. Um, I know I didn't necessarily know what Deuce would be, but I think that the familiarity with Deuce and him paying his dues long enough made me root for him to be a head coach here. Um, I definitely, I have said I wanted the enemy a while ago, but I, I felt that the en- the enemy um, would never come here. After what they did to Doug, I, I don't think that I, I don't think that the enemy would come here. So I don't know. It's really unfortunate, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But let's move on to to a team that actually is is um, doing well and performing in this city. And that's the Philadelphia 76ers. And the part of my the, the, so I have like a, a slash title for this podcast. So episode 61 is Eagles hire a new head coach. And I, <laughs> my second part of the title was the Beast of the East. And I put in parentheses Joel MVP'd <laughs> because. I think Joel Embiid is definitely making his case to be the MVP of this league right now. Sixers are twelve and five. Um, they're first in the East. Joel Embiid is playing at an extremely high level. He's averaging like thirty and ten. Um, they won every game that they played last week. They played two against the Celtics and then one against the Pistons. They went three and zero. Joel Embiid in every game he averaged over thirty and ten. Uh, the first game he had forty two and ten. Second game he had. 38 and 10 and then uh, last night he had I think 33 and 14 so just insane numbers by Embiid um, the only thing I think the only negativity I hear around the Sixers right now is Ben Simmons and the thing that's crazy about it is that Ben Simmons is actually not playing bad at all the team is 9-0 when all five starters play and people I get it they just want to complain about Ben Simmons not shooting 
and they don't look at what he does elsewhere on the court. And maybe they do, but they just want him to score more. But you know what? I talked to my uncle, and he was telling me, like, we may just have to live with Ben Simmons scoring around 15 points a game, getting eight rebounds, eight assists, and having one to two turnovers. That may be the formula to success for this team. And it's a shame because people don't see it that way. They want him to – they look at Ben Simmons, James Harden, having that trade on the table and the trade not being done as, oh, the Sixers are definitely going to lose now because the Nets are going to just blow the Sixers out of the water. Um, I watched the Nets play, and they're going to score a lot of points, but they don't play any defense, and they don't have a bench. The Sixers, one, have a bench, and two, they can score. And three, they can play defense. So um, the Sixers actually, I think they'll be right up there with that team. I think they'll be right up there with Milwaukee, right up there with the Nets, um, and I think they've passed Boston. Um, now, now, granted, let me, let me pull the reins back a little bit. I get it. Boston didn't have um, Jason Tatum, but I honestly think at the end of the day, I think the Sixers are too big for Boston. I think uh, um, I can't remember the guy's name from Boston, number 27. Um, he's no match for Joel Embiid. Tristan Thompson is no match for Joel Embiid. And I think at the end of the day, um, the only thing that can hurt the Sixers is the Sixers themselves. I think that they're well coached enough. I think that they adjust now on the fly. They can adjust in-game. They can adjust at half. Um, there is, And they have an actual half-court offense now where it's actually um, it's a solid offense. Um, I like the ball movement that I see. I love the pick and rolls that I see. Um, the Sixers actually have a good half-court offense. And all the chatter that I hear, you know, the negativity that I hear is around Ben Simmons. And I just don't get people because I would want them to um, look at the team's success and base, like, the success of the team as, like, okay, that's how well the, the Sixers are doing right now. But, no, they just see Ben Simmons not shooting the ball, Ben Simmons not shooting jumpers, Ben Simmons not shooting threes, and they get mad. And I'm just like, you know, I don't understand people because the team's actually playing well, and all they see is Ben Simmons not shooting, and all they want is Ben Simmons to shoot the basketball. And I'm just like, but they're winning. And they're, like, not just winning by, like, one or two points. There's, like, winning games and they're winning by comfortable margins. And it's a shame, man. It's a shame. Like, I'm glad that Ben Simmons scored 20 points last night because I think people would have just lost their minds if he didn't score 20 points against the Pistons while um, Blake Griffin was out and whoever else was out. Oh, uh, Derrick Rose was out. But I'm like, he locked up, you know, locking. he's locking people up every day. I mean, what else you want from the guy? I guess to score points. So, I mean, my dad, he thinks that the dude sucks. I mean, people that think that, they, people that want to trade him every single day from this, from the city. I'm sorry, I'm not in Philadelphia right now, so I can't say this city because uh, this is not Philadelphia. But every single day, people want to trade him from the city. And it, it's just, it's just a shame. Like, I don't get wanting to trade an all-star. I don't get that. Like, you have the actual desire to trade an all-star. Um... You have the desire to get rid of a, a top player in the league. Um, just because he doesn't score a lot of points doesn't mean he's not a top player in the league. Um, I think other coaches would love to have him as a player. 
for what, everything that he can do on the court. And I'm glad Ben Simmons came out the other day and said what he said. As far as you know, I don't get on, I don't get on um, social media. I don't hear the chatter. He probably really does hear the chatter. But I'm glad he went out there and said it. He said, "I don't hear the chatter. I just think, you know, I'm just out there trying to win games. You know, I really don't give a crap, um, for lack of better words." But um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because you know what? I think he has a goal in mind to wanting to win, and I respect that. I respect that. Hey, man. This team is a different Sixers team. They look better. They look stronger. They look hungrier. They look more focused. They look cleaner. Um, and, yeah, I like the Sixers this year. I really do. I like this Sixers team. Um, and one thing I noticed about the Sixers is they're never out of a game. I mean, like, okay, they, they played um, they played um, the, the Cavaliers this year, and they, they got blown out in that game. Um, but there have been other games where, like, they're just not out of the game. All they need to do, um, hmm, Tom Brady just threw an interception. Um, they they just need to adjust, and they 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 do that. They adjust, they adjust. So um, they're never out of a game. And I I noticed in the fourth quarter how much they lock down if we lock down defense, and they're just never out of it. They're never out of it. They. Even when they're like the chips are down, they never look like they're completely out of a game. And I like I, I, you know what? There were so many times where Brett Brown had leads in games, and I just knew that once that other team went on a run, the Eagles wouldn't be able, I mean, Eagles, excuse me, the Sixers wouldn't be able to sustain that run, and they would lose the game. They would give the game up. Brett would never adjust. And that's not Doc Rivers. That's not Sam Cassell. Um, that's not um, Dave Yeager. That's not those guys. This is a good coaching staff, a good coach team, well-coached team. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they play this next week. They got a couple big games coming up. I mean, they got the, they got the Pistons tomorrow, and they have um, the Lakers on Wednesday. Um, I'm actually in the DR right now, and um, I won't be home to watch it on um, NBC Sports Philly. But um, I think they have it on down here. On, it'll be on ESPN. Um and their ESPN down here is a little bit different, but it'll be on ESPN. So um, I'm going to try to catch that game. But um, that's going to be a good one, Sixers and the, um, and the Lakers. That's going to be good. And Sixers play at home. Sixers, uh, I think they've only lost one game at home, and that was when they didn't have – they didn't even have eight players. They had seven players playing in the game. So, um, yeah. Um, I, I really, really like this Sixers team. I really do. Before I go, let me just shed some love on on the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers right now. I mean, they lost two straight. They got waxed last night, six to one by Boston. Right now, they, they split the season series with Boston. Um, they won the first two, and then they lost the last two. Um, they lost game three. They lost that one in a shootout. But last night, they just got waxed. And um, the only thing I can say about them right now is like not having a preseason. Um, really adjusting to the COVID protocols with the NHL. I think that you can't make an accurate, um, I don't think you can make an accurate judgment on as far as if they're a good team or bad team. I think right now, just from how I've seen, excluding last night's game and excluding the other blood that they had, I think they're a pretty good team. And I'm not just saying that because they're the Flyers. Um, 
they look like a pretty good team. They look like a pretty fast team, kind of picking off, picking up on where they left off last year. Um, and we'll just see. We have to give them a, a few more games to actually make an assessment on them. I think. Um, I don't even think they played ten games yet. So um, they just they need another, probably like another three or four weeks to actually get an, a, an accurate assessment on what kind of team this Flyers team is. Flyers team is, but. Um, I will definitely say, as far as uh, trending, Eagles are trending downward. Sixers are trending up. Flyers are in the middle but ticking up. And then the, the Phillies, honestly, um, they're kind of like in the middle. Like people are kind of excited for the season um, because it's the second season with Joe Girardi. However, the, you know, the JT Real Muto thing still hangs in the balance, and they got to do something about that. They got to sign that guy. They, if they can get him, they got to get him. And the stalling that they got, the stalling they're doing, I mean, they're letting the Braves come in and entertain the guy. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, you know, the last thing you want is that the Atlanta Braves get JT Romuto, your second best player. So, um, the Phillies, need to, they need to do what they can to close the deal. They really do. Do what they can. Um, I'm sorry that this wasn't out. Um... I wanted to get it out on Thursday, but um, just wasn't able to. So um, audio got messed up and um, yeah, it just didn't work out. So I'm actually recording now. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm on vacation um, for the week, um, but I was like, hey, I got a little bit of time. I can record this um, and I got to get this out. So I just wanted to, you know, say my thoughts about Sirianni. Say my thoughts about the Sixers. I will try to be back on Tuesday night. If not Tuesday, definitely on Wednesday um, to get my next episode out, episode 62 of the podcast. Um, for all of you that don't know, uh, I, I'm the, the, the excuse me. The podcast is available on YouTube as well as Spotify and as well as Apple and Google. You can subscribe to me, uh, the podcast on all those levels and follow the podcast and all your social media. I'm actually on um, I'm on uh, Twitter. That's where I'm most heavily at. But I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm actually on TikTok as well. So follow the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. And last but not least, share, share, share the podcast. All right? I appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, y'all. Peace.